I'm doing surprisingly, like shockingly well without the internet, but sometimes I lie awake, wondering, worried. Who was the woman who played Flo in the Progressive commercials? This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. Hello, fellow survivors. I know, it's been a couple of days, but I've been trying to take all of my doctor-allotted amount of self-pity time, which, you know, is quite a bit when it's so many wasps. So according to the finest medical professionals, it was a few days. But really, after all that, I'm really rested now, and we're getting ready to leave. The thing is, um... My doctor, the one that Jihoon found, uh, Zoe? She's been acting a bit... weird. At first I thought it was because we overstayed our welcome at the hospital, aka the apartment she's been squatting in. But really, it seems like the opposite? She started off being very professional, typical straightforward doctor of a few words, but more and more she's been shyly asking me questions about my companions like a lot of questions and and she keeps doing some sort of nervous something while she does it like she just keeps like pushing up her glasses or or whatever and it just it makes me wonder like what's really behind her question oh she's back location update We're on the road, and we've got a new travel companion! For now. I know, I know, every time I say it's temporary, I know we keep travel companions, like dog lovers keep foster puppies, but really, really, it's temporary. It's it's my doctor from before, Zoe! That's why she was acting so weird. She was nervous about asking if she could travel with us. She just wants people to go with her on the journey back to her hometown, which is on the way off one of the highway stops, and it's, you know, kind of a fair payment since she kept my wimpy butt from being a red, painful puffer human for several weeks. And and so far, I'm kind of stoked to have her along. She's this really sweet black woman with an even sweeter smile, like dimples levels of sweet. <laughs> and she's painfully polite, like... Scout in all of her southern hospitality was the one that pointed out that she's the type to say sorry for saying sorry at least once a day. I did start out wondering why she hasn't just gone back to her hometown already. It's really not that far from here. But oh boy, did I learn why. She's a very, very nervous person. Like, there's a certain level of typical paranoia that just goes with being a woman, but Zoe's more nervous than one of those tiny dogs that's been left in an apartment alone all day. For example, Zoe asks us a very reasonable question, like, how do we plan to travel? So we show her the worn out printouts that we've been going off of and kind of talking about how we've been just like, you know, walking along the highway and how it's been going really well. And then she stared at them and asked if bandits were ever on the road. 
And we start to say no, because we haven't run into the men in a couple of months or anyone at all. But then she starts to go and point to all the different places where they could attack us from and then start to describe all the different ways they could attack us and all the different ways they could steal all our stuff and starts going into these crazy spiraling fantasies. And oh, oh, okay. looks like there's a storm coming. Oh, there really has been a lot more since we've been getting close to Chicago, which, you know, I, I guess makes sense. But the fun part, our option for shelter, that abandoned barn or that abandoned barn? Are we going to pick the one that's actually abandoned? Well, Dio Valente! Location update, that's a big, huge shock. We picked the barn that wasn't abandoned. Because of course we did. But here's the real twist. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty funny. Inside we found... Okay, I, I promise, I'm not making this up. Inside we found a bunch of Amish teens. Scout scared the poop out of them when, when she went from pushy-pushy to axy-smashy on one of the side doors when we were trying to get inside, but once we explained and everyone kind of calmed down a little bit, they were actually pretty surprisingly cool with us. Us, whatever they call the non-Amish? Namish? Amiss? One sec. Update. I just asked, and they call us the English. I haven't been this disappointed since I was a kid and found out American muggles are called nomadges. Oh, 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 I got distracted and forgot to tell you all the best part. These kids were on Rumspringa. I guess they still are. You know, that Amish thing where they're supposed to get drugs and, and have sex and then be like, okay, I'm cool with never using a computer ever again. Well, brace yourself for yours and my second disappointment of the day. Apparently, that's not really how it goes, which is like... How am I supposed to know? There's not exactly Amish podcasts or YouTube channels. No, apparently it's disappointingly heteronormative, though all things hetero and normative tend to be a disappointment. It's just a dash of rebellion with more time away from parents to hang out with other young people and find a marriage partner. Yep. In this group's case, their rumspringa was just them hanging out, having a dinner party, while some of them wore jeans. Whoa, the scandal. But the storm went on and on. Seriously, these are getting so long. So we had to find something to do. Elliot mostly sat in the corner, quietly knitting, while she just did an inventory of the cart. The scout and I got nosy. So after we asked the initial, who are you? What are you doing? This, this is Rumspring. Okay. We kept talking to them. Scout fell into her like weirdly formal social worker voice, but while asking questions like, have you ever drank beer? Or what was the craziest thing you've done so far on Rumspringa? She claimed she was curious about their psychosocial development, which is just, sounds like social wor worker for nosy. Zoe had spent most of this Q&A just quietly playing with her, like, short twists of hair. I'd call it a nervous habit, but it seems like all of her habits are nervous. 
Anyway, she jumped in at the very end with one last, well, actually two last questions. She was like, why are you hanging in this creepy barn? Which was actually a good question. But then she followed it up with a a more Zoe question. What happened to the rest of the Amish? And that's when I could see her wheels turning and, and burning. Imagining all of them died in a, in a butter-churning accident, or, or the cows went wild and trampled all of them, or I don't know, God happened. But nope, turned out that everyone else is back at the village, Amishing, that's a verb, and they're out here just to get some time alone. So yeah, definitely a bit of a weird meet and greet, but yes, okay, Scout just checked the weather and it looks like the storm is finally letting up. And you know what? Normally I'm worried about people I run into, but if I trust anyone to do well with the end of civilization and technology as we know it, I'm, I'm gonna trust the Amish, so... Ah! Okay, okay, location update. The Amish community, they're letting us stay here very, very temporarily. They do not like outsiders. But the thing is, we, we found them. The real raucous Rumspringa kids. That crash you heard, the, the one that scared the crap out of me, that was them, the raucous ones, having a drag race. But not, not just any old drag race. No, 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 no. They were racing a galloping horse and buggy against a normal car, which kind of feels like an unfair race until we found out the car was also attached to a horse. Talk about horse power. I am so sorry. I really actually shouldn't be joking, because um, the whole race ended as badly as you think it would. The only sober ones in this equation were the horses, and we very, very quickly found out that when the Amish dragsters tried to slur their way through explaining what happened, it was just two horses being horses, but then it looked like one horse... But it turned out to be one horse dragged and in, in crashed into the other horse. Ugh, took a bit to decipher. And us being us, we were roped into helping. Zoe seemed actually really worried about the horses, which makes me wonder if she just used to be a horse girl or is actually secretly a vet. But after Scout coughed and said, The children... She went and examined the kids and, you know, checked them out of the drunken buggy accident. So Scout and Jihun ended up helping her with opening up the cars and gently lifting people out of them, while Elliot and I were sober. We helped! Well, actually, well, we, we did wrangle dr the drunk kids, and that's, that is a job. And Zoe then asked them the best way to get back to their village, and that's when they all got really awkward and quiet. Well... As quiet as drunk kids can. I assumed it was because they were afraid of getting in trouble. How do you ground an Amish kid? No buggy rides for a month? Shoveled the poo of the stinkiest cow? Digging a hole in the ground and literally grounding them in it? But, um, Jihun managed to lock eyes with this one girl who seemed particularly nervous, Naomi, and she managed to kind of stare her down and intimidate her into talking. Naomi told us about how weird things have been happening when kids go out for Rumspringa. More specifically, when they come back. Usually kids are a bit rambunctious, but they settle down into church life, but 
lately they've been coming back totally fucking worn out, frightened, and, and freaked out. She even explained to us that in the rare case someone chooses not to join the church, actually apparently most of them join, they actually get a chance to say goodbye to everyone. But lately, people completely disappear or join the church and become creepily silent. Forever. She got really freaked out when her jokey, talkative older brother Amos came back and then joined the church and never spoke again. Now we're here in the community and people watching and... I think she's right with her theory about something and the church being suppressed and and the news about it being end times, just not getting out. No one has talked about it. I mean, not that the people are talking to us English very much anyway. But we, we are not going to do something about it. We're just here to let Zoe help the hurt kids. And then we are leaving. We are not interfering with a society that is willing to give up cars, radio, and the ability to order french fries from the comfort of your own home. No, 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 no. Update. We're staying. Scout bonded with one of the teenagers. I guess tomboys are a thing in the Amish community, too. This girl, Rue, short for Ruth, was really, really excited for Rumspringa, mostly because she'd always been fascinated by the farm work and wanted to try it. Look, I don't get it but I don't really get any hobby that doesn't allow you to sit at least 90% of the time. Anyway, apparently now her greatest joy was racing tractors. The big thing was when we were helping the injured kids, Rue saw Scout using her axes to help free some of the kids from the broken buggy, and Rue became enamored. And while walking back to the village, Scout started telling her some survival stories from when she was on the Appalachian Trail, and then Scout wanted to stay and help teach her axe throwing and help her in general, and now here we are adopting more puppies. The thing is, the thing she wants help with, Rue couldn't truly live out her farmer dreams to her fullest country heart content. Scout and I spent a good ten minutes seeing a farmer try and till a field completely covered in ash, so now we kind of understand why she wasn't able to live out those dreams. We had to turn away and discuss when we watched him feed a very sickly-looking donkey, a sad carrot that barely got all the ash wiped off of it. So, concerned citizen Rue wants our help convincing the Amish that the world has ended. You know... The people who have been avoiding us for being women wearing pants should be no problem at all. Anyway, for now, just time to sleep on it. Personal update before I actually try and go to sleep. I found out some interesting things on Zoe. um, When I put it that way, it sounds like I'm about to reveal something scandalous. Well, it does involve murder, as in a morbid curiosity about it. She's really into true crime, like super duper into true crime, which totally explains all the paranoia. I listened to three episodes. That's it. Three episodes of that old show, um, My Favorite Murder, and then got super paranoid just walking around New York City. Nope. And you know what? I figured it out tonight when I was sitting reading my own personal source of paranoia, that volcano book. 
I can't stop reading it. But anyway, Zoe was resting after a long day of taking care of the car crash kids. And to make conversation, she asked me what I was reading. And I told her I was reading the part that tells you about what it would be like if you came into direct contact with lava. And she got the look on her face that I've started to recognize that the paranoia wheels are a turn in. And she brought up the story of a guy who killed his girlfriend by pushing her into the lava path of a volcano eruption in Hawaii. And they, they couldn't even find or unbury her body for weeks. And when I asked her, like, how she knew that, she got all shy again and mumbled about some podcast before making an excuse to go check on the kids. But it is nice to know, because the next time Zoe asked something like, how likely are we to get skinned and gutted? I can remember that she's actually heard several stories of... Hello? 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 Um, hi? Hi, it's um, me, Joe. Uh, we've talked a few times. Oh, wow, I sound like I'm about to start a, a very bad radio interview. Oh, oh, you. Yeah, I've actually been listening to your broadcast. Oh, um, thank you. Uh, I think. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's kind of nice to not hear my own voice for a bit. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of how I feel when I hear you reading out the poems. Um, I know I'm not the person they're meant for, but do you have one you were going to read anyway? Um, sure. Uh, just, just one second. Let me... Um, I've got a short and sweet one. Okay. Falling apart wasn't meant to be so mundane. It was supposed to be beautiful. I can't see at night anymore. I'm fading, sun-stained. The color faded from your hooded sweatshirt I wore on our second date. The colors fading from my face, the one you asked to stay. The dreams you had faded too. Wow, that was very sweet. Were you the one who... <laughs> Look, I, I gotta go, you know, gotta keep looking for my friend. I gotta switch frequencies and all that whatnot, you know? Oh, um, okay. Uh, talk again soon? Please? Uh, yeah. Sure. Um, bye. Well, Operation Convince the Amish was a, a thing. And update, it was dramatic. Because it was an Elliot idea. Not calling Elliot dramatic, but you know what? Who was the one that fortified an entire abandoned mall like it was a castle, okay? We were up late planning it, and then Rue and Scout were up late chatting about everything else. I started out annoyed because it was keeping me awake. Then my desperate need to know every farking thing took over and I, I eavesdropped. And I learned two really big things, actually. One, 
When Scout was a social worker, she specialized in teenagers. I knew she was resilient, but holy shart. Oof, maybe I shouldn't say that, because a lot of the stories she told Rue involved bodily fluids. Teenagers are gross. Two, I've been a little hard on the Amish. I mean, in my defense, it's hard sympathizing with people who willingly live without radio but with gender roles, but... But... I got to hear some stories about why Rue wants to help her people in the first place rather than just running off and being her own farmer girl. For instance, she talked about her first barn raising and how it's a big community event and not some weird euphemism like my tired brain thought it was. Sure, she wanted to be on the side that was building the barn, not the side making the food for those building it, but she did love how the whole community came together to make something beautiful, something useful. So that did it. That convinced me that we should really help this community. Even if they don't like us gawking outsiders, they at least take care of each other. So, what was the dramatic thing that Elliot came up with? Well, how about crash a town hall, or church, because everything here is about church. The plan was to have two of us on the inside, with walkie-talkies posing as people interested in converting. Zoe was easy to get in, because they already like her for saving several drunk kids' butts. Like, really like her? I'd seen surprisingly few, if at all, negative reactions to her, you know, being black. Though that's me on the outside looking in. Oh, but, um, to get me in, Zoe managed to pretend I was her cousin through marriage. It's been a while since my mother dragged me to church. I mean, since I've been to church. The thing that actually stuck out was, I forgot how much people cough during the quiet parts. Like, Every time there was a pause during the preacher's community guy's opening prayer, it, it sounded like someone was, like, actually several someones was, were trying to hack up a windpipe. Though the reason the coughing might have stuck was after his opening, preacher community guy went into community announcements, starting with the list of recent deaths, and there's, there's a lot of them, and... Looking around at these people, I'm wondering how they're doing with their health, and no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. The part after the death list actually almost made me feel bad about our plans. He had a few couples come up and announce their engagements, and, you know, even though it was a bunch of straight couples, it was kind of cute, and according to Rue, actually, Rumspringer doesn't really end until you find someone to marry, so, you know, good on them. And I didn't want to rain ash on their parade, but sometimes you just gotta throw open the doors and let it all in. So after the long opening prayer and the long death list and the engagements, Preacher Man started his official sermon, and that's when we gave them the all-clear on the walkie-talkies. In an act of melodrama, the likes of which I have not seen since my last breakup, Rue threw open the doors of the barn and shouted, You will ignore it no longer! We weren't lucky enough to have an ash storm raging at the time like we kind of hoped, so <laughs> Elliot made a rig that made it look like there was an ash storm brewing. If it sounded sophisticated, it's not. It was just Jihun throwing ash into a fan while Elliot and a bunch of the Rumspringer kids furiously waved around fans. It was, yeah, it was silly. All of it. 
But it turned heads, like every single head, and yet, not to be outdone, the preacher didn't stop preaching. He just got a little louder, so Rue just kept shouting, well, more like projecting over him. She said how they can ignore the signs no longer, and started listing all the ways that this this modeled the apocalypse, but the very biblical ways about it, like claiming the ash itself was pestilence, horse, and, and, and it's more symbolism on symbolism. And, and at first, the other Amish people just started turning away from her, trying to focus on the preacher instead. So, <laughs> Scout came in as backup, following Rue down the aisle, tossing up ash like flower girls tossing up flowers. Rue started bringing up examples of how the apocalypse had arrived, like how people had been coughing and hacking all the time, and how how last time someone tried to go out of town for prenatal care, they had told a few people how all the nearby hospitals seemed abandoned, and then then people started saying just like they were closed and they just had to go on a different day, but then no one seemed to get any sort of care. And so one by one, others started looking at Rue and listening to Rue. And good thing too, because she was trying to get totally covered in ash for all of her efforts. But the preacher still wouldn't shut up. So Scout walked right up to him and tossed ash right in his face. Which definitely didn't win us any points, and definitely got us kicked out of the church. So we're very, very quickly packing up all of our stuff and waiting to hear back from Rue. Oh, dear. Update? We failed. But oh, did we fail with style! The elders unsurprisingly did not appreciate Rue's stunt, and gave her and all the other Rumspringa kids the same ultimatum. Accept the church as is, or be shunned. Rue and a few others chose shunning, rather than deny the truth. Scout got a little excited, thinking that meant Rue wanted to come travel with us, but Rue was planning to lead the Rumspringer kids south, where they had heard a rumor of a more open and aware Amish community. You should have seen Rue's face when she told her, I'm still Amish, and I will always be Amish. Even worse was Scout's face. Poor Scout. Well, catch you all on the next frequency. Joe out. Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by J.J. Ronvier. Thank you to the Nerdalogs for mentoring us and to Cards Against Humanity for letting us use their space. The voice of Joe Prendergast is J.J. Ranvier. The voice of the artist is Pearl Paramadaluk. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. Our audio editor is Rory Strawnbach. Enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Subscribe to keep listening to us and leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. Seriously, thanks to you all, we are now back at five stars on iTunes. In return, email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did, and we will send you one of our rad stickers as a thank you. Even if you're international, we have international stamps now. Either way, we're bribing you. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast where you can support us and get bonus mini-episodes. For more on the broadcast and surviving the apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC, or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. 
And now we leave you with this. Survival tip. Careful, the road is long and filled with spider webs you won't see before they hit your face. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>